Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone to worship this morning. We're glad that you're here worshiping with us, and we'd love to have a record of your attendance, whether you are a longtime member, first-time visitor, or someone that worships here on a regular basis. We ask that you would grab that pew pad at the end of the pew, complete the information there, and then pass that to the neighbors who are seated with you. A few announcements to share with you this uh, this morning. Hopefully you're planning on attending our worship gatherings later this week in a celebration of what Christ has done in our lives Historically, uh, Thursday evening is going to be an experiential Monday Thursday worship. Uh, and so I want to explain that ahead of time. Uh, I figured that, you know, Monday Thursday is typically the time when the church celebrates uh, loving each other by the washing of their feet. But we're not shaking hands yet for the passing of the peace. So I don't think it's time to wash each other's feet. So rest assured, we are not doing that this uh, this Thursday. But it is a little bit of an experiential worship. And then on Friday for Good Friday, uh, we're hosting for the four Presbyterian churches in our area the Good Friday Tenebrae service. So we hope that you'll plan to be here with us for those. Uh, each of those worship gatherings begins at 7 p.m. And then, of course, next Sunday worship to celebrate the risen Lord at 10. Um, I'd like to welcome Jack to the pulpit now. He's going to tell us a little bit about our upcoming missions. Uh, so without further ado, here's Jack. Good morning, everybody. I hope your hopes and dreams didn't get blown away with all the wind we've been having. It's been something. I hope there were no mishaps with anybody. This is the last time you'll see me for a little while, I think, as far as at the pulpit. Um, again, it's one hour, one great hour of sharing. And the reference is to Matthew 25. It's, I was naked and you clothed me. I was hungry and you fed me. You know the verses. This is our time as Christians to come together worldwide to gather money to help those who need it. Presbyterian Disaster Assistance Program, the Hunger Program, the Self-Development of People Program. This also works in the United States, too. It's not just outside. And it's not just our Jesus, Lord. It's everybody's. So let's share, use these envelopes, and give us what you can. Also, we've got a mission team coming in Tuesday. Be here for three days. They're going to be working at Hezekiah House, and we're glad to have them. And don't forget about our undies for Sundays. Thank you. It is a very exciting time in the life of our church to be hosting work teams coming in again. Uh, we have several uh, in the weeks to come, uh, a few this summer and a few more this spring. And then Unday Sundays is something that you can learn far more about. Uh, we have a display set up in the fellowship hall, but one of our partners in missions with the St. Albans Ministerial Alliance um, over at Kings River has noticed that in helping uh, so many people in the greater Kanawha County area, um, we, we can't reuse underwear. And so they supply clothing for so many people and they're asking us to raise funds or to bring in the next time you're at Walmart or something, bring in any kind of underwear you find, children's uh, or adults' underwear. It's a fun way for us to, to celebrate each Sunday by giving something to God that will be directly used by somebody else. Again, we're thrilled that you're here worshiping with us. Let's now prepare our hearts to worship the living God.
Our call to worship this morning is from Psalm 47. Clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. Hosanna. Hosanna. For the Lord Most High is awesome, a great king over the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God is king over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. Hosanna, come let us worship the Lord of the Palms. Please stand if you're able and join us for opening hymn number 197.
peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. What is faith in Jesus Christ? Faith in Jesus Christ is a saving grace whereby we receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he has offered to us in the gospel. Therefore, let us corporately confess our sins. Almighty and ever-living God, in your tender love for the human race, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon him our nature and to suffer death upon the cross, giving us an example of his great humility. Mercifully grant we may walk in the way of his suffering. Amen. Friends, hear the good news. Who is in a position to condemn us? Only Christ. Yet we know that He came for us, He lived with us, He died for us. He rose again to a new life for us and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. The Apostle Paul reminds us that He prays for us. We know that in Christ's coming, God was reconciling the world to Himself, that an old life is gone and a new life remains. So know that you have been forgiven and be at peace. And pray also for me, a sinner. Amen. Testament lesson is from the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, verses 9 through 17. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall command peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and, and from the river to the ends of the earth. As, also for, as for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, all prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. For I have bent Judah as my bow. I have made Ephraim its arrow. I will arouse your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and wield you like a warrior's sword. Then the Lord will appear over them, and his arrow go forth like lightning. The Lord God will sound the trumpet and march forth in the whirlwinds of the south. The Lord of hosts will protect them, and they shall consume and conquer the slingers. They shall drink their blood like wine and be full like a bowl, drenched like the corners of the altar. On that day, the Lord their God will save them, for they are the flock of his people. For like the jewels of a crown, they shall shine on his land. For what goodness and beauty are his? Grain shall make the young men flourish, 
and new wine the young women. The word of the Lord. may be seated, and at this time I invite the children forward for a children's sermon. Okay. Have you ever been excited for anything? What excites you? Going on trips? Okay. She stole yours. Okay. Where do you like to go on trips? Water parks, okay. Going to a water park is pretty cool, okay. Yes, where do you like to go? In? The beach, yes, the beach is fun, yes. Zip lining, okay, awesome. Any place else we like to go? Target? Do you like to go to Target sometimes? Yeah. Do you like to go to Target? Okay, all right. So now I want you to think of all those places that you think are really, really awesome, and then I want you to think of somebody famous that you'd like to meet? Who would you like to meet? Famous means that other people think they're important. Who's famous? Yes, that's what I'm asking. Who do you think is famous? Who would you like to meet that's famous? Anyone. Okay. All right. That narrows it down. Softball players. Okay. Taylor Swift. I knew somebody would say that, right? So imagine if we found out that Taylor Swift was coming to St. Albans, what would you do? Scream. How loudly would you scream? To the top of your lungs, you'd go, you'd go hoarse. Right? Like that. Owen's practicing, okay? So we're screaming like that. Now, I happen to not be a Taylor Swift fan. So if I found, <laughs> so if I found out Taylor Swift was coming to St. Albans, I would leave. Right? I would go as far away as that because I don't like the crowds, right? Now, my daughters are all going, and my wife are all going to see Taylor Swift, okay? They're very excited. They've been planning it for a long time. Now, imagine if we treated Taylor Swift the way they treated Jesus in the Bible when he came to town. Do you know what happened when he came to Jerusalem? They what? Some people may have left, okay? They put down their jackets and they put down palm branches like you guys did right here so that Jesus could walk on those palm branches and their, their outer coats. So that it's, what's that, buddy? Jesus must not like getting his shoes dirty, right? Yes, that's the idea. So we think that he was, they thought he was so important that they didn't want him to touch the dirt on the ground. They, they wanted him to be able to walk in like a royal welcome, kind of the way that people go bananas when Taylor Swift comes on the stage, right? And so 
What happened a week later, though? There you go. Yes, fanning. What happened a week later after Jesus walked in on the palms? They what? They hated him and they shouted, crucify him. So on one day they shouted, Hosanna, which means save us. And then those same people about four or five days later said, crucify him. And it's a weird little reminder that while some people are famous for a moment, it doesn't take much to get crowds to turn on them. And that's kind of what happened to Jesus. So could you imagine if if Taylor Swift suddenly did something that made everybody just not want to like her anymore? And then you just stopped being a fan. You never listened to her ever again. Can you imagine how crazy that would be? Doesn't make sense, does it, Owen? Exactly. And so it doesn't make a lot of sense how the crowds went from loving Jesus on one day and to hating him almost a few days later. But it's a reminder that sometimes Jesus' words are hard to hear. He said hard things like, love your neighbor, forgive people that sin against you, give food to the hungry, give clothes to the naked. Yes, Owen? This? That's a cross. That's one of the Celtic crosses. That's why I wear it around my neck. To rem- this purple thing is called a stole. Now I wear it during Lent because purple is a sign both of royalty, but also a sign that we need to be mindful of a special time in the church. And this is a very special time in the church. This week is called Holy Week. And we celebrate Jesus today. And then we have to remember that sometimes Jesus is hard to follow. But thankfully... You don't have to wear purple things. No, you don't have to wear purple things. But we have to remember that sometimes as Jesus is hard to follow, it's really for our best interest to always listen to what Jesus says. He has what's best in store for us, which is teaching us how to love other people and love God. So we're going to pray. We're going to thank God for being like a rock star. Just one thing, yes. We'll talk about that after church. How's that sound? Okay. All right. Let's pray. You ready? Dear God, you rock, and we love you, and we're so glad you came to town, kind of like Taylor Swift. Please help us always be your fan and also listen to your important words that teach us to love others and to love you. We love you. you. Amen. Okay, go sit down. We'll talk later, buddy. Okay. Invite you to turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 21. And we're going to read the first 11 verses. Hear God's holy word. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. 
The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. And they brought the donkey and the colts and put their cloaks on them. And he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth, in Galilee. May the Lord add blessing and understanding to the reading and hearing of His holy word. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we do thank You for Your story. We thank You for the way that You interact with us in the form of story. And God, we ask that You would allow us to benefit from Your Spirit's understanding of the story this day. We say all this in the name of Your Son, Jesus. Amen. I've told you before that I used to love watching shows that uh, were in syndication by the time I was being raised. One of those shows was Rona Martin's Laugh-In. I've talked about that in the past. Uh, and I didn't really tie all of the story that I'm going to tell you. I didn't tie it all together until one day when I was watching the show. But any time that my sister and I would get in trouble and we'd be fighting, my mom would come down the hall saying, Here come the judge. Here come the judge. And we knew that when she said that, you better stop because you're getting ready to be in trouble. Now, that's kind of ironic. Once you have seen Rowan and Martin's laughing and you see that Sammy Davis Jr. says the exact same thing on that show. Here come the judge, right? But whenever Sammy Davis Jr. did it, the, the judgment wasn't nearly as harsh as the way I was judged by my mom, right? Nobody ever got grounded on Rowan and Martin's laughing. But it was also kind of this weird thing where Sammy Davis Jr. stole that skit. He stole it from a man named Pig Meat, which is kind of a weird name, right? But Pig Meat Markham. Somebody ever heard of Pig Meat Markham? He is probably the first rapper to ever exist, okay? Uh, and, and Rona Martin had this skit that went on for years and years, but it wasn't until 1968, between 1968 and 1969, the pig meat Markham said, that's my, that's my gig. I, I, I wanted to use that. That's how I make my money. So they invited him to be on the show. But when pig meat Markham did this, it was, it was kind of a unique experience because he was making a statement about society. He was often pointing out the ridiculousness of what was happening in the world at the time. One of the things that Pig Meat Markham did in his, in his little funny skit was he declared that he was going to go to France and he was going to end the war in Vietnam. Now that's an African-American man telling a bunch of white people that he had a better idea of how the world could be run by being able to have a peace treaty signed in France to end this terrible war in Vietnam. And as funny as his thing is, as funny as his gig is, that kind of hits to the core. He was judging all of the majority of America by saying, you say you're a Christian nation, yet you're killing innocent people half a world away. It was an outlandish skit that people mostly missed the point of. But the irony, I think, is the judgment is 
society needs to hear the judgments that's brought against them. I think we probably just read one of the more famous texts of our Holy Scripture. Uh, this text, I think, is probably best known only, only uh, behind slightly, the resurrection story. There's evidence of how important this story is. It's in all four Gospels. All four Gospels record the triumphal entry. Mark is likely the original author. Matthew probably had a copy of Mark's Gospel with him when he wrote his And I think what's important is that while each author has a little bit of a change to the story when they tell it, they all suddenly drive the point home. Matthew has, I think, several points to drive home. There's a rich history here, and I could say that the story began with Mark's gospel, but really, kind of like Kathleen read all all the way for us, was the story of Zechariah really is a foretelling of what was going to happen. 2,500 years prior to Jesus ever thinking about walking through Jerusalem, we've talked at great length about the, the problem with the, the, the kingdom of Israel, how it had broken into two separate kingdoms. We've talked at great length about how the, the Assyrians came and took the northern kingdom away, and the Babylonians came and took the southern kingdom away. Zechariah's message comes as the recently released Jews who had been taken captive into Babylon are being repatriated to their country of origin. Imagine being enslaved your whole life, then being forced to return to a country that you don't know, but your parents are saying, this is where we're actually from. Imagine what those children who were born in Babylon must have thought as they were traveling to this place called Jerusalem. The land, when they got there, was ransacked. It had been pillaged. Their temple was in shambles. It was an arid environment. Not only did the returnees need to rebuild their homes, but they had to have a place to worship. Their worship center, the center of their life, was gone. Enter the words of the prophet Zechariah. These are probably not welcomed words. Imagine trying to eke out a subsistence living in a subjugated land. Zechariah's words are not really hopeful, and in times they're somewhat laughable. I want revenge and retribution, not righteousness and salvation. I want peace, but after we've won the war, that's when I'll settle for peace. These are not so welcomed words, and they would haunt Jerusalem for the next five centuries. And when they came true, when this prophecy from Zechariah came true, they eventually weren't welcomed either. It's interesting how the Greek here um, gives us a little bit of a literal translation. Biblically, we have something from Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The same thing is repeated here. It's to give parallelism and definition. Matthew's gospel talks at length about Hosanna. Some historians claim that when he was writing the book of of, uh, Matthew that he wrote in Greek, and, and then he had a copy of the Septuagint, which is the the Greek version of what we call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. 
Others say that Matthew actually wrote his gospel in Hebrew because it was to a Jewish audience and then later translated it to Greek. This only gets weird in one little place. Did you notice that Jesus rode on two different animals at the same time? Did you notice that he rode both on the colt and on the donkey itself? Go back and read that later. It's really interesting. The donkey and the colt are tied together. Jesus tells the disciples, bring them, and they brought them in, and then Jesus ends up riding on both of them. I don't know how that happens. I wasn't there, but I take Matthew's word that somehow that was important to him. Biblical scholars will argue for and against both a literal translation there, too. You can look at different commentaries. Some will say, yes, absolutely, Jesus probably tried to strap himself across both these animals, the child and the mother. Others say, no, this is just symbolism. For the colt to be tied with the donkey specifically, this means that that young colt was still dependent on its mother for sustenance. A nursing mother is not a sign of war. A nursing mother is what? A sign of peace. Even if there are hostilities, there's still a pause for life to continue. In the mid-80s, I was a wee thing. And I grew up hearing about a war that was happening in a place called Nicaragua. Never in this world did I ever imagine going to Nicaragua. But as I grew up, I learned a great deal about that. You know, Reagan being the first president that I really heard about, he was my favorite president. I thought he was so great. And then I learned about the Iran-Contra affair. I'm like, "Eh, okay, not so great anymore. All right, that's okay. I go to Nicaragua in 2008 with the PCUSA group. And I go to Matagalpa. And when I go to Matagalpa, I see a picture that I recognize from my childhood. It's a picture of a woman nursing a child with an, with an AK-47 strapped around her shoulder. That photograph won several different awards, but it also told the story of a war-torn nation that we as a Christian nation were fighting against. It was a difficult time for me, like, oh my goodness, we caused a situation in a country where we were trying to fight communism. We were upset that this place had voted into power and overthrew a more democratic person and, and brought in this kind of communist idea. But then we also kind of helped the situation where a nursing mother felt like she had to defend herself with an AK-47. That woman's name is Melissiana Waswalito. And she often spoke about how she felt that picture was a sign of life in the field of death. She felt that she had a nurturing characteristic of Jesus in that moment. The entry for Jesus into Jerusalem took place the week of Passover. Passover was a time when the Jewish people celebrated their victory over the escape from oppression of Egypt. At the time, Jerusalem probably had about 50,000 people in it, but during Passover it would swell to maybe 300,000, perhaps even half a million people. And that was a great time for all of the people of Israel. They were proud of their country. It was a yay Israel moment. It was filled with nationalism. Yay God, yay Jerusalem, boo to Rome. And guess what? Rome didn't like that either. 
There are extra biblical accounts that come to us from Philo and Josephus, and they tell a tale of Pilate himself riding into town from the west, covered in his own armor, riding a war horse with maybe a legion of people, but at least several centuries of soldiers marching into town. We are still in charge, was the message. Pilate was doing this just a mere three centuries after Alexander had done the exact same thing. Jesus comes in differently. He comes in peacefully. Somewhat evidently unknown by many of the people who were there. Who was shouting his name? Probably his disciples at first. Who joined in afterwards? Maybe other people. They asked the question, who is this guy? He's the prophet Jesus of Nazareth from Galilee. They treated him royally. And it led others to reciprocate that royal treatment. Hosanna doesn't mean anything more than save us. And so when they are screaming Hosanna, they're not screaming about Jesus. They're screaming about themselves. Save us. Save me. In the city of David, their cries and royal taunting were selfishly motivated. Yes, we want peace, but we want to be saved from this oppression. Save us, your royal highness. Save us. And within a week, when they hadn't been saved, the gathered people, fearful of the oppression of the Romans, once again very selfishly said, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! Which would once again, could be translated as save us. Kill Him so we can live. Jesus was, in fact, the coming judge. He spoke the truth about society. He welcomed women. He spoke about property and money and tradition and reason and experience and politics and a number of things. And hardly anyone laughed. Jesus came to make things better. To make things literally right with God. The cries of help turned to cries of indignation and judgment. And Matthew records a little later that it brought Jesus to tears. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who are sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing Look, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Matthew once again uses a descriptive judgment upon the people Jesus loved. Jesus wants to gather them as a hen gathers the chicks to the mother's breast. Here comes the judge to save us. It makes a truthful statement about society. It starts things back on track with God the Father in heaven who wants to forgive us, who wants nothing more than to hold us and not just hold us accountable with grace, 
but to literally hold us as a mother holds a child, as a colt and a donkey are together. So friends, let us cry out this week as we approach the cross, not selfishly, but honorably. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Now let us stand and declare that which we believe in the recitation of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things remain, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven, was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again. According to the Scriptures, he ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated. It's time for us to continue our worship by the giving of our tithes and offerings.
Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we thank You so much for the many gifts and blessings that You have granted us in this life. Lord, as we have returned a portion of these gifts to You now, we ask for Your wisdom and Your courage to use these gifts in a manner in which You see fitting. We say all this in the name of Your Son, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. As we come to the table that is set before us, this is not our table, this is the Lord's table. So all who claim Jesus as Lord and Savior have been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are welcome to participate with us in this holy food and drink. Let us now pray together the prayer of great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right, and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to You, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Therefore we praise You, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of Your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of Your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love, you made us for yourself. When we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you and your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night that He was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when He had given thanks to you, He broke it and gave it to His disciples and said, Take, eat, this is My body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. And after supper, He took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is the blood of a new covenant which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. Therefore we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in Him. And sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all of your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by Him and with Him and in Him, In the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now as our Savior taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art now, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, thy will be done, on earth as it is now. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtor. Lead us not to temptation. Deliver us from you. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and now. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God.
body of Christ. Body of Christ.
Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we do thank you for this sweet foretaste of your kingdom come. We thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace, for the grace that we do not deserve. We thank you, Lord, for being the king of the universe. We spread a message of love and acceptance, turning the other cheek. Allow us, Lord, to mimic that in our lives as we leave this table this day and take your grace into the world. May it be so. In your name we pray. Amen. Please stand for our closing hymn, hymn number 196, All Glory, Laud, and Honor.
was probably in college that I learned no politician is a good politician, right? A political science class, I learned a great deal from my sheltered little life growing up in Barbersville, right? So then I learned it was okay to like Reagan again, right? It's okay, I can justify being liking Reagan because not everybody's perfect, so we may make a few mistakes. But part of what I've learned throughout reading copious amounts of literature, there's only been one kind of hero figure didn't really mess up. I mean, Sherlock Holmes was uh, addicted to opiates. All kinds of other people in literature, they all have their flaws, right? Who's the character in literature that doesn't? We killed him. (laughs) We killed him. We killed Jesus. We can blame anybody we want, but our own sins did the work that put him on the cross. He still loves us. He forgives us. He gives us hope. He gives us grace. He invigorates us to take the message of grace, love, and forgiveness to this great, big, wide world. Let us leave this day with all of that hope, with all of that love, with all of that grace, recognizing all of the things for which we have been forgiven, and let's learn to turn the other cheek. Amen? Now receive the blessing of the triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. May it be with us all until we meet again, either here or as glorious kingdom come. Amen and amen. Happy Sunday.